Hey baddies, welcome to Bad Witch Podcast, the podcast where we are going to get our witch shit together one spell at a time, even though this world is in chaos right now. I feel like, oh my gosh, 2020, what the hell is going on? Uh, You know, every year I think we start with the best intentions. We're like, this is going to be my year. It's going to be amazing. But so far, man, it's been rough. Um, Yeah, it's been a lot. And I know I shouldn't judge the entire year on the first month. <laughs> it's a little dramatic of me. But uh, as y'all know, if you're in the Facebook group or if you follow me on Instagram, um, my dad had surgery this past Thursday and he's not, he's not doing as well as we would have hoped for him to be doing. Um, physically, he's doing great, which is wonderful, but he's having a bit of a reaction to the anesthesia and to the morphine and like, you know, all these heavy medicines you get on when you're in the hospital. And so it's been a lot. It's been draining. Uh, there hasn't been a lot of sleep around here. There hasn't been a lot of getting anything done. As you can hear, <laughs> I haven't mentioned anything about the work trip I was supposed to go on. So that got canceled. But, uh, you know, I am always and forever a believer in things happen for a reason. Everything is kind of doing what it needs to do and working itself out. Um, but I really do appreciate everyone that has been sending thoughts and spells and blessings and prayers and, and vibes and doing rituals and lighting candles for my family. I appreciate it so much. My mom appreciates it. My brother, my sister, pop, everyone. We're, we're so appreciative. And, um, luckily what they have told us is that this is something that can happen with elderly people. My dad is old. <laughs> I think I've told y'all before. My parents are old. I have older parents. You know, I didn't have like the parents that are 20, 21, 22, and everyone's like key king when they drop their kids off for preschool. Like, no, my parents are older. And so this is something that can happen. And it's something that they will snap out of. So we're just kind of waiting and seeing. So yeah, y'all know that's what's going on with me. So if I am a little rambly this week, I mean, more than normal, <laughs> please forgive me. You know, I have that going on and I did miss my work trip. So that is always a bit stressful for me because I don't know when I'm going to be able to reschedule it or if I'm going to be able to. And also it just sets me back on my content and my work that I need to get done. And, uh, you know, then the thing happened just yesterday. I'm like sitting in the hospital already kind of having the worst day that we've had with my dad since his surgery. And then I see the news, of course. And, um, uh, you know, I don't want to bring it up and like harp on it because I know that people have really, really strong feelings about, um, him, the, the person that passed away, but just to see something so tragic and to know that so many lives were lost and that there were like children's lives that were lost. It's, and it's just a horrific, horrific way to go. Like I came and imagine what those like moments were like. It's just heavy. And I feel like maybe this week, if we could all take time in our practice, in our meditations, in our spell work, when we're lighting our candles, even when we're just taking our breath, our, our breath, mm -hmm. I guess that's when you take a bath and it becomes broth. Like, what am I saying? So <laughs> you take your bath and you're just kind of releasing energies for the day. If we could all key in and like really focus on goodness and positivity, I think the whole world can use it. And it is something that we're always expending. You know, I really do think that there's just been so many tragedies lately. Like Australia is on fire. The Amazon's on fire. The political world is insane. Just, there's just a lot going on. So yeah, I have already received so much goodness from all of you. And I think 
that if we could all make it our mission this week, I won't say it's your homework because <laughs> I don't want to put homework in these like ask me anything episodes. But uh, if we could all just take the time, and I, I know it's a part of a lot of our practices anyway, it's like gratitude. And we've talked about that, you know, in like the Thanksgiving episode. Uh, I think we could harness that. And I know how powerful we are all are and how powerful, how, wow, I'm saying that word really weirdly, how powerful we are. <laughs> okay, let me try one more time. How powerful we all are. I swear my speech impediment's not that bad when we are able to harness things as a coven and en masse. So yeah, you know, that might be nice now that I'm like talking out loud is that because, you know, when I was like, I really want to do an episode this week because I don't want to let y'all down. This is important to me. And this is like my escape. This is my, my happy place, if you will. So maybe it would be nice. I'll make a post in the group and we can all just drop something we're thankful for and something we're grateful for, or alternately, uh, we could drop something where like, we need a little help from the coven. I think that might be like a nice thing to do this week. I probably will forget that I said that because I have a lot of my mind. So someone just remind me on Wednesday when you hear this. Um, or if you want, you can make the post for me. Just, uh, you know, if there are duplicate posts, I will, I will take the later ones down. But yeah, if we want to do a post where it's just like, Hey, either drop something that you're really thankful for that's going on in your 2020 so far. Cause I'd love to see some good news. Um, or drop something that you need assistance from the coven with. If you're going through a job hunt, if you're, your, uh, spouse is, you know, going through a job hunt, if you're trying to put in a bid on a house, if you're trying to conceive, if you are, um, just trying to launch a new business, if you're trying to launch a podcast, if you're trying to, uh, travel the world and you need a little extra magic to like get that ticket money together, whatever it is that you might need. I have found that turning to all of you when I've been needing something extra has been really special and really helpful. So I don't want to just suck up all that for myself. <laughs> so we got to spread it out with everyone because covens are about love and support and being there for each other. And, you know, it's not just practicing magic together. It's so much more than that. It really is a sisterhood, a brotherhood, a personhood of witches that are like family, you know? So yeah, we're gonna do those posts. Again, I will forget that I have said all of this. <laughs> Someone just either go, Mickey, this is what you said. Can you please post it? Or you have my permission. Whoever is the first person to hear the podcast and feels like doing it, you can put it up for me. And uh, yeah, we'll do that. Should we do two separate posts? Or should we do one? Um, I think maybe one. Yeah, let's keep it in one. I like how I just asked y'all's, y'all's opinion and I was like, no, let's just do one. <laughs> but I think that if we make it central, then all of the energy can be like in that one place and we don't have to go searching like, oh, I thought I saw the post, but then like, I, I don't know, I can't find it anymore. Or like, I thought I posted on this one, but I meant to post, you know, it just, it goes crazy. And I know I'm out of my mind more so than usual. So maybe if we just keep it down to one. We will have everything we need in one place and we will all feel the impacts of like the love that we're seeing to each other and the support and the help and, or all the like grace and gratitude that we see each other showing and expressing that will trigger us to also be aware of all the things that we have to be grateful for. Like, yeah, I'll just tell you, I have been bitching so much because like I'm laughing at myself because I can kind of find levity in the fact that I have been such a pouty spice the last few days and not so much about what my dad has, what's going on with my dad, because I am actually really good in like an emergency. I handle things very well. I can be the person that's very rational and very practical, 
But with work, because I've missed this trip and because I'm like in my pitching season where I'm reaching out to different places to work with them during the year, I have been getting so many rejections and it, you just don't get used to it. I know people are like, oh, if you're in acting, you know, it's a great industry to be in because you get really tough about rejections and you learn how to handle them. Okay. Let me just say, as someone who is in an industry where you face a lot of rejection, you don't get used to it. Like I don't handle it well. And maybe it's my like triple water ass nature. It could be, but I've been getting so many rejections and compounding that with like the stress of what's going on with my family. I have been really in this cycle of this travel blogging thing's not ever going to work out the way you want it to look at all these people who are doing it better and they're getting all the opportunities and they've been doing it for years and years. And like, what are you even trying to do? And people are turning you down and you're just like this whirlwind of spiraling negativity. And I had to kind of sit with myself today and be like, okay, girl, but don't forget, you did have a tourism book trip booked. It just is out of your hands that you couldn't go. So that's an accomplishment still. You can count it. You have a campaign going on with Hyatt right now that you are making the most money you've made from any campaigns you've done and is a tra travel campaign. And that's all you've ever wanted is to get paid to travel. So why don't you have a cup of tea and like calm down? <laughs> so <laughs> I had to have a talk with myself. And it's again, because y'all were sending out so much goodness to me that I was able to sit and I'm really good in emergencies. I'm not so good in like day to day stuff because I do want like instant gratification and immediate action. So, uh, yeah, you roll into a bit of a spiral and I had to sit there and literally count all the things that were going right. Because if you don't, you'll get bogged down in the things that are totally going wrong, you know? So I think seeing what other people are grateful for on the thread will help some of us that are also having a rough 2020 because I know you're out there. It's not just me. Uh, although I wish we all were having better ones. It will help jog our memory, you know, and seeing someone say, I'm thankful for this might make me think, well, you know what? I'm thankful for something similar or I, that's something small. And so I don't feel like shy about saying that the thing I'm grateful for right now is really small too. It doesn't always have to be this huge thing, which is why, again, I was like, Hey, it's okay that uh, traveling the world for free isn't working out for you right now. Why don't you worry about frying some other fish? <laughs> you know, sometimes you got to check yourself before you truly wreck yourself. So that's something I've been working on uh, this week because I've had nothing but time to also sit with my thoughts and, uh, you know, I'm at the hospital a lot and it's quiet and you're just kind of stuck there. Um, not to say it's bad. You know, I don't, I obviously don't mind being there for my dad. But you are kind of just stuck there for hours and hours on end. So the thoughts can go crazy, especially when you see something really tragic on TV and there's just a lot going on. So yeah, let's make our thread and let's try to turn this energy around and let's let's hold out faith that 2020 is still going to be really, really good. And I know that some of you are already having a great 2020 and honestly, I am very happy for you. <laughs> I'm not trying to like reverse your energy just because I'm trying to reverse mine. So don't worry. I want us to all thrive together because you know why? Tell me why because we all deserve good, of course. So for today, I know I said last week that we would be doing Medusa, but because of everything going on and because we do have a lot of AMA questions left and because I never stop talking, <laughs> I think we'll be able to fill a full episode with the rest of the questions. And also I just haven't had enough time to go back into Medusa's story like I want to. I am pretty well-versed in her because when I lived in France a hundred years ago, Hulu had just started, I'm pretty sure. And I don't think Netflix was even a streaming service yet. I think they were just sending out DVDs. Hi, I'm 100 years old in case you haven't heard. 
Um, but I remember I had like nothing to ever watch because Hulu didn't play over there. And it was, <laughs> it was the year that Pretty Little Liars premiered and I used to have to like watch it illegally on my computer. And I, my like little apartment in Paris had a loft. Okay. I'm making it sound way fancier than it was. It couldn't have been, I don't know what square feet are, but I mean, take a normal studio apartment in the U S and I don't know, quarter it. And then that's what I had, but I had a little loft where I could sleep. And I remember I would sit up there and like push my computer up on a bunch of pillows so I could get Wi-Fi. <laughs> no, it was a mess. But, um, so I think Hula just started, but it wasn't streaming in Paris. And uh, I had to illegally watch Pretty Little Liars. And so the only thing I did was I had a bunch of like iTunes credit for some reason because it was 2009 and 10 and people just had a lot of iTunes credits back then. So I bought this series. <gasps> what is it called? Well, I wonder if I can log back in and find it. But it was this series that was like telling the real stories of historical figures that you might not know. And so I saw one on Medusa and you know, all you ever hear about her is like snake hair, eyes turn men to stone, which right now as a 32 year old woman, knowing what I know about the world, that should have already made her my hero. <laughs> but when I really learned the full story about what happened to her in the temple and like Athena's involvement and how she came to be this creature, quote unquote, I just became even more enamored with her. Uh, if I could have snake hair and eyes that turn into stone, I would never stop abusing that power. I'm going to be totally honest. <laughs> but yeah, so I know her story really well, but I really wanted to just go back and make sure I had everything correct. That I could tell it to you properly and entertainingly. I think that's the word. So, you know, you would enjoy it and you would get a full breath of why I think this, this woman is amazing and why I do consider her a witch. Because how, how could you not? <laughs> like, I really think she is one. Um, so yeah, I haven't had time to like go back and just dust up my, I'm the kind of person where I will type out a word that I know what that word means. Like I know what that word means. I have used it. I have read it. I know the definition, but just because I guess, I don't know my anxiety about making a fool of myself. I will look up the word. <laughs> you know, like I'll Google it real quick just to make sure. So that's how I am about when I do these kind of like witchery episodes. I want to make sure I'm giving you 100% facts and not just, oh, I watched the special 10 years ago and here's what I remember. So we will get into Medusa next week. I promise we will have a Medusa filled episode. I, I have decided also to go along with these kind of witchery episodes. I'm going to put in like a spell or a ritual at the end that is inspired by the person that we're talking about that week. And then, you know, in between, we're going to be having our like regular topic-y episodes. So yeah, it's gonna be really fun. And I, I want to give her all of her due because I, I just love her. I, man, I just want to be able to turn them into stone so bad. <laughs> All right, so we're going to do our Patreon shoutouts, and then we are going to finish up these questions. And then next week, I, fingers crossed, and with the help and love of all of you, my dad will be back to 100%, and we can get back into our regularly scheduled witchy foolishness. Okay, so shoutouts. So speaking of uh, gratitude and talking about things we're grateful for, I have had so many people sign up for Patreon. It's crazy. I thought, if anything, January is going to be like a real slowdown. And we are bumping up against 50 people. So thank you so much for that. That has been like a really, really pleasant surprise this year that I have been taking for granted. And look, now I realize that it's something that I should be totally, totally grateful for. So thank you to Brittany um, Kim, Jamie, Melissa, Teresa S, Teresa M, Sarah, 
Melissa, and Tabby. Those are our new patrons that are going to be uh, starting in February. And then our returning patrons, thank you so much to Maria, Crystal, Maya, Aurora, Kala, Cassandra, Adam, Bren, Kara, Kelly, Nolling, Ashley H., Emily, Heidi, Jennifer, Ashley P., Ashley S., Lena, Alicia, Sam, Brandy, Sasha, Celine, Brett, Megan, Teresa, Amber, Elizabeth, Aaron, Carla, Shannon, Adrian, Amanda, and Vanessa. Thank you. Oh my gosh, y'all. This is really, really exciting. You know, when I get to 100 patrons, I don't think I've ever said this out loud. Whoops, on the podcast. But when I do get to 100, I'm going to do a big giveaway. So that's going to be really exciting. And I don't know, I just think that's such a round, fun number that if we could get there, that would be really, really cool. And also, if you are signed up, do not forget to um, reach out to me when you're ready for your question, for your reading, for, you know, whatever it may be. Um, the email is a little flooded, as you all know, and I obviously haven't had time to go in there this week. So it may be better for you to try to catch me on Facebook Messenger because uh, it's not it's not so backed up. But I promise, because I have to go back to the hospital tomorrow, obviously, I promise that that will be like dedicated email time if things are going a little more smoothly. I just want to make sure that everyone gets their questions answered. And if you have sent me an email and I haven't sent it yet, just feel free to like hit me on Facebook Messenger or resend the email so it'll bump up to the top so I can make sure I catch it. And I, I just don't want our month to run out on Friday and you haven't gotten your reward for this month. Okay, so back into our ask me anything or ask Mickey anything questions. So first in this episode, my therapist recently discussed, discussed me being, I don't think I read that right. Let me try again. <laughs> my therapist recently discussed me being an empath and how I hold on to other energies. She mentioned using certain crystals, but I am open to anything. Any recommendations for what would be the best tool to either prevent holding on to others energy or to release them? So... I think I talked about this in the empath episode, but your black crystals are going to be your best literal line of defense. Um, your Apache tear, your obsidian, your black tourmaline. Um, they all work in different capacities. You know, some are shielding, some are absorbing, some are reflecting. So they just will send that negativity right where it came back from. I don't think it's ever bad to have as many black uh, crystals in your arsenal as possible. Also, salt. Salt is one of the best ways to, uh, remove energy from yourself that is lingering. If it's like, whether it's energy that you have absorbed from others or it's an energy that is like steaming off of you. I kind of think of it like when you're sitting in a salt bath and the steam is rising, I think about like the waves of energy you're trying to remove are kind of going up in that, that steam. I keep almost trying to say smoke. If the water is so hot that you're smoking, get out. You've, you've made it too. Don't do that. Um, but yeah, I kind of think of like the way the steam rises from the water is like, it's taking all of that literally away with it. So a salt bath is a really, really good way to remove energies. Um, selenite, I take my selenite wand and I like rub it all over my body. Not, I'm, that sounded weird. Like top to bottom, arm, arm, leg, leg. Like I kind of do it as if I was smudging and I let the smoke take me over. I do that with my selenite and I just try to hit every spot that I can. Because I do think it's like the great reset button <laughs> that we all have. You know, like when we say like when in doubt, smudge it out. Also like when in doubt, selenite it out. I will just roll all over with that thing because I do feel like it resets everything and it kind of cleanses everything away. But I would for sure try to carry or wear a black tourmaline. Um, of all the black stones, I have found it personally the most effective in just keeping the bad shit away. 
But it's kind of, when you're an empath and especially if you're an empath that vibrates at a certain frequency and an empath that has a certain level of attractiveness to all those things out there that just love that love to like take our good and replace it with their bad, you know, I think that you need like a front end and a back end protection. So as much as you would need to like wear your tourmaline or wear your obsidian or wear your Apache's tear or wear your arrowhead, whatever it may be. I would also make sure I'm going through like the ritual of cleaning myself and cleaning myself of those energies. It's, you can never be too careful. Um, because the thing about people that are attracted to empaths, I personally think that a lot of them don't know, but a lot of them do know, you know, I think that energy vampires in particular are like very aware of what an empath is like and how we move in this world. And so they do want to attach themselves to us, to us. And there is a seeking out, like there is always a seeking out when you are an empath, you are always being sought. I make I make it sound like creepier than it is, but you are always being sought out by different people because their energy recognizes your energy. But I think there are specific pe people that specifically are like where the empaths at, because I want to make sure that I can soak up as much as I can, or I can deplete them as much as I can. And it is like eating for them. You know, I know I mentioned, I think in the empath episode, cause I was watching, um, what we do in the shadows, the, the U S version at the time that's on Hulu or it was on FX, but I watched it on Hulu. <laughs> this episode's not sponsored by Hulu, by the way, <laughs> but I just love that show so much because it's so my humor and I would die for Matt Berry. I think he's phenomenal, but also one of the characters is an, uh, energy vampire. And I think it is such an amazing representation of what that kind of energy is really like. Like I really recommend everyone watch it. Aside from the fact that it's a hysterical show that as empaths, maybe it'll make us a little more aware of what someone quote unquote feeding on us is like, but yeah, protect yourself in the front end, cleanse yourself on the back ends. I say black stones all the way and like kill it with salt and selenite on the back end. That's what I do. Okay. Next question. What is your favorite spell or ritual of all time that you work? Um, okay. So I was going to say something like really lovely, like, Oh, it's a love spell. Like for self love. No, it's a money spell. I love doing money spells. <laughs> As y'all know, I don't usually have like a specific, um, <clears throat> spell or incantation that I use. I like to just kind of speak it aloud and let it like flow through me when I'm doing my, my magic and like working on my practice. But you get that green candle, you get your citrine, you know, you bring a bay leaf in the mix if you feel so inclined. And I love them because they make me feel really powerful, which is exciting. And also because I find that they have a really, I not always, but I find that they have a more instant return than like a love spell or like a long-term career spell or anything. Really, I, I I don't know. My my money magic always works really really quickly, and so I like it because it makes me feel like I'm a yeah I'm a bad witch. Like I'm really I got this, you know. But I also like that I am seeing the, the spell come to fruition really quickly because I I love instant gratification, and it it does it gives me confidence in my magic, and I think that's why I'm also drawn to it. Plus, you know, having a little extra money never hurts. You know, if I got a trip coming up or if I went a little too crazy, you know, and not not saving up my traveler's points and my miles. And I just, you know, had a wild summer traveling too much. Then it definitely is a nice way to like know that I can pay myself back. Cause I was being kind of crazy. So yeah, I love a money spell, a green candle and a beautiful chunk of citrine. And I, I feel like I can make anything happen. So, um, 
those are also, now that I think about it, the ones that I do the most often. Also, as I've shared on this podcast, I have had uh, many love spells backfire on me <laughs> because I didn't know what I was doing at the time. And I do just, for again, just for me, might be the opposite. Might be say, oh, I do a money spell and it takes me six months. I do a love spell and he's at my door the next day. For me, love spells are very much a slow burn. So I don't tend to put my energy into that because I'm like, oh, it's going to take a year. Like, who's time? <laughs> I mean, I have time. But yeah, I, I like the instant. I like instant magic sometimes. I think it's kind of just a little more fun. So I think that's why I'm more drawn to it. Next up, how did you choose your deities? I think I touched on this in last week's last week's episode and a couple of questions. But yeah, they I feel like they chose me. And I also feel like there's a revolving door of them. <clears throat> so they just appear to me at different points in my life, they make themselves known, they give me different signs and symbols. And um, yeah, I find that they definitely will make their presence known if you are linked to them in some way if you have like dedicated yourself in some way that you may not have even been aware of if they have some kind of like ancestral ties to your family already I feel like they are pretty present and once we know how to recognize the signs that they're there they kind of choose us not to say that we can't choose them there's definitely times um especially like I don't for example think that Yamanya is necessarily one of my deities but I do call on her whenever I find myself near a body of water or in a body of water because I feel very drawn to her <clears throat> as a mothering spirit, as a spirit of the ocean, and me being obviously the wateriest water sign <laughs> of all time with all, all the water in my uh, chart. I, I do feel very connected to her, even though I don't think that she sought me out. I definitely sought her out. So I, I think you can choose your deities based on what you're working on or who you just feel the most aligned with what, for whatever personal reason. But I do think that there are certain ones that are always with us as well. I, you know, kind of like a guardian deity, guardian angel kind of situation. Like I said, Gabriel, even though he's not one of my deities, he's always been with me. He gave me a hug today. I felt it uh, when I was at the hospital with my dad and I was, you know, just praying and, uh, I, he just came and gave me a hug. I felt it. I can always, I even now. Okay. Hi. <laughs> I say his name. He's always there. And he has been with me since before I knew what any of this stuff was. I just always felt his presence. So, um, yeah, I feel like they do choose us. It's kind of one of those things where I'll be so adamant about something, but the universe is like, okay, girl, like <laughs> whatever you say, but why don't you instead just listen? Because sometimes we do know a little bit better than you do with all of the infinite wisdom of the deities and the gods and goddesses and, you know, different spiritual beings in the universe and the moon. And all those things. <laughs> so yeah, I, I more just tune into the ones that are already with me and have been with me forever or the ones that show up and are there to give me guidance for whatever I happen to be going through, whatever period I'm in, whatever transition I'm in. And, um, but I, I do seek out the ones I, I have felt kind of a kindred spirit to like a connection to that. Maybe I can't even explain yet, but I just know when I learned of Yamanya, I was like, I dig that. I dig her. I am into this. And so, yeah, I do seek her out when I'm in her element to connect to her because I, I just believe in her power and her beauty. And I, I want to represent that in a way, because I think that she has so much that is like admirable about her, if that makes sense. And, but then I look at someone like Lakshmi, who I feel like has always been with me. And I just 
didn't know, but you know, there's like with her, I've had this connection to elephants and it's always been so important to me. And then in learning more about her story, like that is one of her symbols, like I've talked about. And I think I talked about, and I talked about that in this episode or last episode. Y'all, I'm a little crazy. I think I talked about it in the last episode, but that's how, how we were always, she was always showing herself to me. I just hadn't put it together until I learned her full story. Um, but you know, I'm not Hindu. I have no, in this present life, I have no connection to India or Hinduism or anything like that. But she's always been present and I, I love so many attributes about her. And so I'm so like honored to be connected to her. But then when I look at Yamanya, even though there's no immediate connection, I still seek her out. And so it's totally okay to seek out, you know, and learning their stories and learning what their powers, for lack of a better word, are and learning like the ways that they, their symbols. And even if that's just something you really connect to, it's okay to seek them out as well. So yeah, I think they're there for us. And they will make themselves known, but I think it is okay to seek them out. It's really just who you feel comfortable with, you know, like it's a combative combatability, not combative, don't be combative. <laughs> it's a compatibility thing. So it's like, you know, I wouldn't go on a date with a person who I don't know, I haven't dated in so long. What don't I like? I wouldn't go on a date with someone who Okay, for me, I've had kids because I don't want to be a mother, aside from mother of baddies, obviously. <laughs> So that would be something that wouldn't be compatible with my lifestyle. Not that there, there's nothing wrong with it. Being a parent's great. You know, if that is your journey. But for me, I know that's the sign for me that I'd be like, no, I'm going to pass on that person because, you know, what could we even build together? So you can look at the gods and goddesses and your deities and, you know, however you want to refer to them in that way. Like maybe this person, maybe this deity is like very, um, about having like a warlike nature and kind of an aggressive nature and, um, you know, the good and bad of that, of like being brave and courageous, but also being kind of aggressive and tempestuous. And so you're like, you know, that's not really my energy. So I won't seek to choose them. You know what I mean? So just like we look for compatibility with jobs and friends and relationships, you can look for that in your gods and goddesses and deities and angels and super beings and superheroes and all of those things too. So I hope that helps. Okay. Um, next question. I just ran my mouth so much that my phone died. <laughs> so I take a second to, uh, boot it back up, boot it back up. Like, a computer. How old am I? I just took a second to plug it in until it turned itself back on. I'm a hundred. Okay. So speaking of a hundred year olds, how do you connect to your ancestors, especially if your family that is alive has no connection or information about the ones who are deceased? I kind of think of it as the same way as my deities. I've actually just randomly gotten really into my ancestors as of late, like in the past month, maybe six weeks. I don't know. I've never really called on them before. Aside from like my grandfather, who is like the only person that I knew for a good chunk of my life and could remember that passed away. But I've really gotten deep into the ancestors of it all. Like we're talking generations and generations and generations and generations before, because I don't know, one day in my, when I was um, smudging, it just came into my head that I should start dealing with them. And I, I guess that was a sign from them really too. I think of my ancestors, like I think of my deities, that they are always present, even if we haven't acknowledged them yet, even if we haven't talked to them, even if we can't call them by name and we don't recognize them, they are a part of like everything that's in us. You know, they are literally like down to our DNA. We share that connection. So I feel like they are always around. And I think that was the moment of them making themselves known to me. Like, hey, girl, you can start calling on us too. Like, we are present and we're ready to, like, establish this relationship. Because, yeah, it just, like, popped out of my mouth. I had never worked with them before. 
aside, aside from, you know, just talking to my grandpa here and they're like I said, but yeah, I think, so first of all, don't feel strange about not having any information from your family, you know, whatever your situation may be, but yeah, I think they'll just show up. I think they'll give you signs. And it's another instance, like when you're working with any spirit, if you choose to, if you're working with a deity, with an angel, it's okay to ask your ancestors for signs as well. And, you know, are there direct spells or rituals you could do to invoke them? Of course, absolutely. But for me, like y'all know by now, I like to just talk aloud. I am a talker. <laughs> I've always been a talker. I remember one time I was in my kitchen with my parents and they were watching like the evening news and eating dinner. And I had gotten myself involved in some projects. And I think my dad, I think it was my dad who turned to my mom and he was like, we should give her a hobby like this all the time. It's the quietest she's ever been. <laughs> like I've known to run my mouth. But um, yeah, so I just talked to them. And so I would say just talk. If nothing else, you know, it doesn't have to be this formality. But in, again, in your wheelhouse, if you are more comfortable working through a spell or ritual, ritual, then that is absolutely fine. I can help you find some resources if you like. And of course, ask in the group. I'm sure there's people in there who have some ready to go that work to a T. But I would just start talking aloud and say, you know, uh, I'm, I would be the most comfortable if you would let, let me know more about yourself in a dream. I would be more comfortable if you would leave me a sign here, leave me a coin there, leave me a symbol here so I can get to know you better and know that you're here and you're present for me. Now, again, anytime I am talking to something that is not of this plane in this world, I protect myself. So make sure you have those black crystals, make sure that you have your salt, you have brick dust if that's what you work with and have it available to you. And that you're asking your other guides that you are really familiar with or your deities or your, you know, whomever that you feel safe and protected by, you ask them to be present in the process of getting to know your ancestors to make sure that you're really talking to your ancestors. You know what I mean? But yeah, talk to them, tell them you want to know their story. I have talked about this, my past life thing that I'm still trying to figure out. And I feel like it's a piece of my puzzle that I'm missing at this point. I haven't really honed in on it. I think that also Okay, I'm figuring this out as I'm talking as usual, but I know I've shared that I don't have good memories of this lifetime. I have a terrible memory of being like Mickey in, you know, alive in 2020, born in 1987. <laughs> I know I I am not I gosh, I can't remember a ton of things. I really can't. Like to the point where I've had moments where I'm like, should I get a scan or something like something up. But I have a lot of memories of things I've never experienced. And I have a lot of dreams that I know are memories and they're not, they're not me. You know, I, sometimes it is me and sometimes it is my own past lives, but sometimes I know that it's family members that are showing me things. Like, I don't know if I've ever shared this, but I did you know, I told you all, I, I went through a very serious phase where I was very afraid of flying. Not, I wasn't afraid of flying. I was afraid of, afraid of plane crashes in particular. And I know that's something that kind of happens as you get older, you become aware of your own mortality and you have more to lose, you know, and you have family and you have uh, people that depend on you in life. And so you're really like, nothing can happen to me. I have so much responsibility or like I've built this great life and I don't want to lose it. And so it is normal, but I got like a debilitating fear. And obviously that really interferes <laughs> with my line of work. So um, I kind of pinpointed at one point because I was having dreams about it. And I, do, I still to some extent have like those weird kind of prophetic dreams about them happening. 
but I had a, so she was my mom's first cousin. So she would have been my first cousin once removed. I think she and her husband and their baby son died in a plane crash in Oh gosh, I was so young when it happened. I think it was it was either the late 90s or the early 2000s. And um I I am convinced the thing that kind of triggered my fear was that I was seeing her memories. I was I was living her memories and it was like impacting me as if I had gone through it and that's why I was so afraid of it because we do share that familial connection. I am gifted. You know, all, a lot almost all of the women in my family I am very convinced are gifted in this way. We're all witches, you know, even though I'm the only person that talks about it. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like I was living those memories because of our tie to each other just through sharing blood. And so I think for our ancestors, a really good way to key into them is through our dreams because sometimes they will share their story and their um, memories with us in that way. So maybe I would start with dream work and see if I could get them to come to me that way. But again, protect yourself. Um, if you're going to do the dreams in particular, put moonstone and uh, amethyst be be below your pillow, under your pillow, so that it is like a, as serene and calm environment as possible. Because even though some, you know, for me, <laughs> dreams can be kind of chaotic and even kind of scary sometimes. But I'm sure if your ancestors are really eager to get in contact with you, they, and if, I, I feel like you're asking this question because they may be, right? You may have had a couple of signs here and there. Um, it wouldn't help to bring them into like the most calm environment. So they will start calmly with you and you will start calmly with them. So good luck with that. Yeah. The ancestor thing just popped up for me too. Okay. Next question. Where or from whom can I get a reading to find out about possible past lives? I have someone that did mine for me, um, who I really, really enjoyed, but, uh, I will give, I will ask around and try to find a few more people and I'll post them in the Facebook group. Or, um, if this is your question, remind me and I'll DM me, but I'll probably just post like a directory of some sort in there so we can, you know, just have the resource because, um, I don't, I, I want you to be able to like shop around to the person that makes you the most comfortable basically. But I do have one person in mind, but I will ask around for all of you. That is something I wish I could do. I think, being like a history nerd, obviously, like I am being able to tap into past lives, even just to remember my own is like, Oh, that would be so cool. I wish I could do that. I'm going to, I'm going to try to train myself to do it. We'll see what happens. Okay. Which goal for 2020. All right. Next, how can a person take their mental health issues like depression, panic attack, and epilepsy and turn them into a positive way of practice, structure, manifesting, meditation, etc.? I'm afraid to totally let go. If I do, if I do, I'm afraid I won't come back. So I saw this question when it was asked, people recommended shadow work underneath it. I am not versed in shadow work. Uh, so let me say that up front. But since that was what was recommended to you, I would say, um, go with that, you know, explore that. I'm sure there are a ton of people in the group who can help you with that as, and be like a great resource to you. What I would recommend, and as, see, it's kind of hard for me to talk about because not like, not that it's difficult for me to share this story, but it's hard for me to give you an answer that might be the best for you. Because for me, my mental health issues, my depression and my anxiety were like helped so much by my practice and by me not ignoring it anymore. Me like letting go. It was that letting go that made all the difference for me. And I can only speak for myself. I can't speak for anyone else. And I, I would never say, you know, witchcraft above therapy or medicine. No, I believe in therapy. I believe in medicine. I think they are amazing assets. But I know from my personal journey, just speaking as Mickey alone, the witchcraft was a thing that like 
took away suicidal ideation for me, which was something I struggled with for years and years and years and years and years. Like it's honestly kind of a miracle that I made it to the point of being 30 and tapping into my witchcraft because it was such a problem for me. And when I stopped ignoring that side of myself and stopped being afraid of it and just let, let go, like, you know, just let myself go there. Not only did I come back, but I came back stronger and I came back able to face the things that tormented me before a lot better. Um, so yeah, I, I, but I didn't really have the worry about letting go. I kind of was at a point where I was like, if I don't let go, something's going to break in a, a permanent way that isn't going to be good. So I, I guess I, I really, I mean, the weekend that, have I, if I'm repeating myself, sorry, but the weekend that I had my past life reading that kicked all of this back off for me, it was like the lowest point of my life. I had never been lower. I, it, it just, the person that came into my life at that time who gave me the past life reading and set me back on this course. And she was the one that kind of told me, you know, again, not eschewing uh, therapy or medicine or anything like that, because I I'm, I believe in them so much. And I think everyone should explore therapy, literally everyone, no matter what, because it just helps to get to talk about yourself and get like an opinion that isn't biased in any way. But, um, she was the one that was like, you know, if you do deal with these issues, giving into your witchcraft can help for some people. And for me, it turned out in my case that it did. But when I, I did that crux, that one moment, I, it was the lowest and the worst I had ever been in my entire life. That was like my, that was my rock bottom, you know, and it just so happens that I think witchcraft saved my life. So that was my story with it. And I hope you can get something out of my story with it. But, you know, and it's like talking about mental health and depression and anxiety and panic attacks and things like that. It's, you never want to be like, Oh, we'll just be positive because like, how the hell can I be positive? You know, this it's not that I'm having a bad day. It's that I have disorders. It's that for me, I have something chemically different in my brain. It's not wrong. It's not bad. Well, it's, it's bad, but it doesn't make me a bad person. It doesn't make me bad. You know what I mean? And so I, I don't want to be like, well, just be positive. Put a smile on your face. It's a beautiful, you know, it's so patronizing when people talk to people that deal with that kind of stuff. Like when people talk to us, people that deal with mental illness, it's so patronizing to be like, yeah, don't you think I thought, okay, well, let me just be positive. It's not that easy, obviously. So I don't want to hit you with that because I don't think it's fair. I think it's really like, how does that help? You know, but I do want to say you are someone that is worthy of being happy and you are someone that is worthy of love and that is self-love and that is love from the universe and that is love from me and that is love from your coven. And if that's the only places you can find it, okay, that's okay for now because all of the love that I just mentioned is worth something and you're worthy of that love. So don't try to think of it as like, I need to be positive. I need to try to work harder on being happy and I need to, you know, work harder on always having a smile on my face when I start my practice. You don't, you could be crying your eyes out the entire time you're carrying yourself through, but know that you're doing that for yourself and you're tapping into the things that make you special and powerful. And then let that be a revelation for you. You know, let, let your love of practicing be a kind of love that, that brings you to a more positive place in doing it. But yeah, just saying, Oh, put a smile on your face. Like, no, <laughs> that doesn't help anything, but know that you are surrounded by love. You are worthy of love. You are surrounded by good. If you don't see it immediately, it just means that your good's a little farther away from you. It is in the coven. It is from me. It is from the podcast. It is from, you know, people that 
you may have just encountered one day in your life and you were really kind to that person and they have always looked back and been like, man, that person was so kind to me when I needed it. Or you were the only person at Starbucks who smiled to the cashier that day. You know, it could just be anything like that. And so try to take those, those moments of positivity and love just in your life every day that you can and infuse that into your practice and come from that place and let your practice nourish you back. You don't have to be, we've talked about this a million times, we're all bad witches. You don't have to be this perfect person and approach your, I'm saying to me, peace, approach your practice perfectly every time. Let your practice take care of you. Let your magic and your witchcraft take care of you. It's there to nourish us. It's there to help us grow. You know, we're all, we're baby witches at some point. I feel like I'm just a toddler witch. There's still so much I have to learn. So I feel like I've gone on a whole rant, but I hope sharing my story about how it helped me helps you and to understand that like you're not alone out there. So many people struggle with the kind of things you struggle with and that you don't necessarily have to turn them into a positive for your practice. Just start practicing and put your love for witchcraft out there. Put your love for yourself into it and yeah, let it take care of you back. And I, like I said, you can cry through your practice. You know how many people I do readings for and their, their reaction is that they cry, like sob hysterically. And I'm like, no, 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 this is good. This is a good reaction you're having. So cry, be in pain, feel those feelings. You can bring those feelings into your practice. It's okay because it's you and it's true and it's authentic. And maybe you'll find that your practice is like a real comfort and a salvation for you. Like if you're having a bad day, maybe lighting, you know, a smudge bundle you made for yourself, or maybe just sitting with a crystal like pressed to your third eye and just trying really hard to release whatever is really, um, whatever you're really just going through that day, you know, maybe it'll be a comfort to you in the way that I found that it was a comfort for me. So you don't have to go in positive. You don't have to turn it on into a positive. It's going to work itself out and it's going to be a positive for you overall. I believe that. So shadow work though. I know people recommended it. I'm going to start trying to learn more about that myself. But um, I don't want to give you advice about anything that I just would like read quickly. Use the group as a resource for sure. Um, oh, and you will come back. Don't worry. <laughs> don't worry about that. You will come back. I promise. You're not going to get lost in it. And anything is just going to make you stronger. All right. So next question. What inspired you to start Bad Witch? When, uh, when you were getting started, what were some of the biggest hurdles you had to get over? Emotional time balance, etc.? Um, what inspired me to start Bad Witch? I don't know. Well, it was Dona being like, hey, so, uh, you gonna do anything with those gifts we gave you? Or are you just gonna like sit here? <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna do something about it. And, um, it was that I had already had that witch project that I think I finally told you all about. Yeah, I think so. That like had failed miserably because of the person I was dealing with. And I just knew I still wanted to do something. I still knew that even though that was a hiccup, it wasn't meant to like put it aside forever. And I knew I wanted to do a podcast because again, I love talking. It's my favorite thing. And I actually started, I think y'all know this, this podcast and a YouTube channel, the YouTube, wow. YouTube channel, <laughs> the same, like the same week. Cause I just, I love uh, being crazy. And uh, this just took off. I don't know. I had just gotten really comfortable with my own voice. I got really comfortable with like sharing my voice with like my literal voice. I got really comfortable with sharing my own voice with people and with hearing my own voice and being really confident in that. And from that, I decided I went to a podcast. And from that, I decided bad way, it, you know, and also it just kind of came to me. I was just like, I, I want to do a podcast about witchcraft. And I'm going to call, I think I'm gonna call it bad witch. 
I looked up Bad Witch to see if the name was taken, and it wasn't. And that was pretty much all she wrote. But a lot of it was the urging of the goddesses um, wanting me to, you know, teach. Well, let me not say teach, but be a resource and be, um, you know, just be a voice. Use my voice for something that isn't just talking about, not to disparage the work I've done and the work that I do, but not just talking about like, oh, I love this outfit from so-and-so. It's this much money. Or, oh, this is my favorite lipstick. I think that stuff is important. And I think people love that kind of stuff. But I wanted to do something a little bit deeper. So that is what inspired me to start Bad Witch is the goddesses yelled at me to do it. <laughs> I took them up on it. And yeah, literally, it just kind of also came to me in a moment. A lot of things in my life are like that. Um, every time I am deciding about a new trip, it just comes to me. And then once I start pursuing it, it will affirm itself on the back end. But a lot of it's just like spur of the moment inspiration. When I started my blog, my first blog that was like three name changes ago, I was just laying in bed one night and for something just told me, go, go sign up for blogger or what the hell is it called? Yeah. Blogger.com. And that's what I did. Blogspot. I can't remember what it's called, but yeah, it was everything in my life is kind of spur of the moment. It's uh yeah, it's working out, I guess. And then a uh, biggest hurdle. So, uh, at first there weren't any, honestly, but the more popular the podcast got, which I'm very thankful for the hurdles were really pressure on myself. Like I said, in the like one year episode, just, I didn't want to let y'all down and I didn't want to put out a bad episode and I didn't want it to be that thing where you really love a podcast at first and then you really get into it and it just changes somehow. It loses literally some of its magic. And then you're like, I don't like that podcast anymore. And you give up on it, you know? So trying to be what I have learned so that was like the hardest part emotionally was just not wanting to let y'all down and always wanting to, I put a lot of pressure on myself, the more popular it got to try to keep up the same standard, you know, through and through. But outside of that, the hardest thing about having a podcast is picking topics for me because I do kind of, I am kind of always like, Oh my God, what if I just run out of topics one day? Like I'll have nothing else to talk about. <laughs> like what am I going to do? So I do get kind of panicky about that sometimes. And also just consistency. I did not, because I was having a slow year with, um, with child Mickey last year, I didn't understand for months and months and months until, until things started to pick up at the end of the year around October, how hard it is to be consistent. Those first like 35 episodes, it was, I was like, all right, time to record. But honestly, and I'm saying this like too, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, not just the person who asked, but anyone listening, it takes me about. 10 hours a week to do this podcast um, from like researching whatever I want to talk about to make sure that I'm like covering all my bases to just getting the topic and kind of ruminating over it and like putting down what I already know to start and then fleshing it all out. And then the recording and editing while I record and, you know, making sure that it sounds good. I mean, sometimes I start the podcast 10 times because even just the intro, I'm like, girl, what are you saying? Like you're just rambling. <laughs> Not that rambling isn't a part of my brand, but yeah, I, I have perfectionist tendencies. And then once you realize you have people relying on you, it becomes harder. So the podcast started off being really, really easy. And it got harder along the way because I didn't, I wanted y'all to be happy and to love it as much as I do and wanting to keep coming back. Uh, but just from a like, anything about any podcast in general, and not just me as a podcaster, it's hard to be consistent. It is life gets in the way really quickly. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you're like, Oh, it's 
nine o'clock on Tuesday night and I have to upload this at midnight. Thankfully, I've never gotten that bad to that point. Um, but yeah, it, consistency is really hard. And especially doing a weekly podcast, I all the podcasts I listen to, especially the solo ones, people would always be like, oh, it's so hard to do this. And I was like, yo, how hard is it to talk for an hour? Oh, the naivete. <laughs> oh, if I could just go back a year ago and be so smug to think that it wasn't that much work. Yeah, consistency is very hard, especially for someone like me who I get bored with things really quickly. And I like to be like on to the next adventure to have this for a year. I will say like, if it hadn't have gotten so popular, I can't say I would have stuck with it that long. And not like because I didn't enjoy it originally too when it was smaller and not because I thought it was a waste of time. Nothing like that. I did enjoy it. But just my personality is, all right, well, let's do something new. That was a fun experiment, <laughs> you know? And for like the goodness and thankfully for all of you being here, that was the thing that made me say, no, I want to see a full year and I want to see beyond that. And I want to see how far we can take this thing and how much it can grow and how much... It can like be a part of other people's lives too. So yeah, y'all are the reason Bad Witches made this song. When I say that like y'all are the reason for so much of this, I mean that wholeheartedly because my personality would have been like, all right, cool. Um, I don't know. Let's move to Asia for six months now. <laughs> you know what I mean, not that I couldn't do that with Bad Witch, but it's you made, you all made the hardest part, which is consistency for a lot of podcasters possible because I wanted you to not be let down essentially so thank you all for that I really mean that um pup has joined us I guess she got bored of sitting in the other room waiting for me okay um we only have a few questions left have you ever hexed someone I'm sure I have I've never done it on purpose uh I talked about this in the let's talk about hex baby episode I and even now still I'm working on it I do have a tendency where if you really piss me off or you really have hurt someone that I love I or you just shown yourself to be like an awful human like a cretin of a person I will still have those intrusive thoughts sometimes where it's like you know why don't you just drop dead like why don't you just do the world a favor and I am still trying to not have that reaction because it's like an automatic impulsive reaction I'll have sometimes and not just even drop dead but like just like, oh, I wish you just fall off a tower or something, you know, like not that, whatever, whatever just like comes into my mind because in that snap moment, I might be having that reaction to someone. And because I know my thoughts are powerful and I know the things that I speak are powerful, I have tried to make a conscious effort to be really, really careful about that because I know there's been times in my life before I was really in tune with my craft where I would think or say bad things about people and then they would happen. And then I would get my ass kicked on the back end of that because I put it out into the universe. So yeah, I'm sure I have hedged people. Can I say I've ever sat down with um, a jar of graveyard dirt and uh, really tried to work out a ritual or a spell against someone? No, I haven't. But I do reserve the right to do it. If like, if we talked in that episode, it is like, taking care of one person to benefit a lot of people, then it would, maybe I would consider doing it. I, you know, it's, it's kind of like a really complex moral conversation about hexing, but have I to up to this day, not on purpose. I have, I'm sure. Um, and I'm sorry if I actually did that to anyone listening. I don't think I have. I'm just sorry generally to anyone that I may have, you know, had those powerful witch words I didn't know how to control yet. And I may have said or done something like that. But no, not intentionally. But again, as a witch, I do reserve the right if it would mean that if I bound this person or if I stopped this person, 
let me not say stopped in a permanent sense. You know, I wouldn't physically harm anyone. Of course, nothing like that. But if it did serve a greater good, then maybe I would consider it. It, it, it is low, low key, like a never say never. But then again, I wouldn't want to hurt anyone. And I know how powerful my words and especially my words can be. Um, so yeah, it would really be like a case by case basis if it was something I ever considered doing. But uh, no, never on purpose. I was just thinking about all my ex-boyfriends and I was like, should I have hexed some of them? But you know, don't hex your ex. We already know about that. In fact, coming out of relationships, something that I have tried to actively do is that I try to like through witchcraft, encourage them to be a better person. So someone doesn't have to go through the thing I went through, you know, even though it's so tempting to be like, I don't know. <sighs> you'll never be happy again. You know, it can't be kind of tempting to be like that. But yeah, I've actually tried to like do certain rituals and just set certain intentions for my exes that they can grow out of the things that cause me pain. So they don't set that pain on anyone else because you know, some of us really go through some shit and really, I think I see about this today. Like I think every woman for sure. I, I think I can say the same for guys too. Like we've all had that one relationship that was a doozy for us and it does change you. And yeah, it would be so easy to say, all right, homie, you're getting hacks. Like, good luck with the rest of your life. But I think if we can use the pain we go through to try to not let that pain go to anyone else and kind of stop it where it stands, then I think we are paid back with, like, a better, more bountiful, beautiful experience afterwards. It, it might not necessarily just be romantic love, but you know what I mean? So, yeah, even though it can be very tempting, I still stand by don't hex your ex. Don't hex anyone unless it serves a greater good. And even then, you know, weigh your options. Okay. Um, okay. So this is a non-witchy question. Well, it could be a witchy question depending on how I answer. If you could have a conversation with a historical figure, who would it be and what would you ask them? <clears throat> so my immediate answer would be Amy Winehouse, who I don't even know if she counts as a historical figure, but I'm kind of thinking of like, oh, who would you have lunch with living or dead? And Amy Winehouse for me, I just loved her so much and I continue to love her so much. And I'm honestly like tearing up a little bit because I feel like she was just gone too soon. And I, I do think like what the world would be like if she was still here, what music would be like if she was still here. And I just, I feel like she is, I'm soul bonded to her. There was just a connection there that I, I just love that woman. So I would, my automatic answer would be her. I would just love to get down and sit and talk with her and see what, she would have wanted for herself and what she would be doing if she was still here and how she feels and if she's okay. Um, so yeah, I would just ask if she's okay and, and if she's happy and you know what she would have done differently if she could, because I just think she was such a special soul and I love her so much. But if I'm really thinking about like historical figures, I think, I think I would, yeah, well, gosh, oh, I can just answer this question a million ways because there's so many people I love. Um, you know, I'm just like a history nerd. But given that this is a witch podcast, I would say either Tichaba or Marie Laveau. Tichaba, I would say because we have so little record about her. I would just love to know her as a person and know her story. And if she was a witch and if she considered herself a witch and what... And how she could be so damn brilliant during the Salem witch trials to save her own life, you know? Um, and Marie Laveau, we know so much more about her. But I just think 
she's like this fantastical figure. And so I would love to just get to talk to her and know about all of her ways. And again, the survival of being a black woman in a time period where our survival was in no way guaranteed. In fact, it was constantly threatened. So yeah, I don't have specific questions. I love this question. I could just answer it with honestly like a hundred different people, but Tichuba for sure. Cause I want to know her story and I want to share her story as accurately as possible. Marie Laveau is like, what a badass. And, um, Amy Winehouse, because I don't know if she ever, I don't even know if I want to ask her questions. I would just want to tell her how loved she is because I don't, I don't know if she left this world knowing that. And I love her so much. I really want to get an Amy Winehouse tattoo. Uh, I just can't figure out what I want to get. But I love her and I adore her. And I hope that she is happy wherever she is. Um, yeah, that's a great question. I might I might think on that one a little more and then post more in the Facebook group. Because <laughs> there is so many. Ernest Hemingway, he's my favorite writer. Um, and I would ask him about how he feels being categorized as a misogynist. When actually he, a lot of his writing dealt with like, non-binary relationships and non-binary people and gender expression and how women could present as men and make a present as women, you know, and like outside of the binary as it exists. So yeah, Ugh, so many people. And there's so many people I'm forgetting. Catherine the Great, because like all the shit she had to put up with. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm going to, I might like post that in the Facebook group and we can have like a robust conversation about it. Cause I think that's just a great question, which you're not. Um, okay. When did you first get an idea that maybe you were a witch and when did you know for sure? I think, I think it happened at the same time. Okay. So like I said, I don't have a ton of memories, so that's why it's a little tricky for me to answer this question. But I had an inkling. So I talked about the craft, right? And seeing Rochelle. I had an inkling that something was about me was different. And then I saw her and I was like, got it. All right, cool. This is what I am. So I think that's when I first, mm, I think that's when I first got the idea of it, but I had an idea before it happened. Like I remember picking up the movie and being like, Hmm, all right. And then when I watched it, I was like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> you know, of course I am more of a Sarah. I am using my powers for good and not evil. But seeing Rochelle was just so monumental in my life. But I guess the moment I knew for sure, uh, I think it might've been when I got my cards. So I know that sounds crazy because that's like a 20 year gap in between, but you have to remember that I blacked out a lot of those years because I was too scared to deal with it. And it was just happening too fast and I couldn't handle it at the time. But when I got my first deck of cards, the, I mean, the deck I use now is still, well, one of them, uh, my primary. And I did my first reading for someone else and it just made sense. It just, everything I was telling them, they were like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's per This is this and this is that. It's the first time to me that it a hundred percent clicked. Like I had something really special. I had something that other people can't do. I mean, everyone can, you know, go and smudge and use the smoke to cleanse out. Tons of people do that. that don't consider themselves witches and tons of people, you know, light candles and know about their astrology to a certain extent or their natal chart to a certain extent and astrology to a certain extent as it exists as like a field of study. But with those cards, 
it just, I don't know. I think that's really when it clicked. And I was 30 years old. So there was a 10 year gap, <laughs> a 20 year gap between, but that was the first time I really believed in myself, I think. So maybe now that I knew I was a witch for sure, but that was the first time I believed in what I had. And I knew that there was something special. Not that I didn't think I was special in many, many ways. Well, you know, also I talked about how I had been deterred because I could never connect with tarot. And so I was like, girl, you're crazy. You're not a witch. You just, you can't even read these cards. And I bought like three or four different decks. But when I got those Oracle cards and I did a reading and I knew it wasn't me, I knew that I was like channeling and I knew that I just had the gift to connect and I had the gift of like being a messenger. That's when I knew I was a witch for sure. Um, other things you can kind of, you know, especially being a kid, you just don't know when people tell you we grow up being like witches or make believe they come out at Halloween or they're like the ultimate villains and they're up there with like werewolves and vampires, things to be feared. And so it's so easy to say, oh, that didn't really happen. Oh, I was just hallucinating. Oh, not hopefully not hallucinating, but like, oh, I was just dreaming. Oh, I, I'm misremembering because I was a kid. So maybe it, it makes a lot of sense that it was confirmed for me when I was an adult. Although for some of you, it could have been a way, way, way before that. I had an inkling and a suspicion for a long time, but that was confirmation. Um, what's next? Do you ever work with animal spirits or animal energies? If so, which ones? I do not. I don't know why. I, it's just not a part of my practice. Even like my pup, I don't consider her a familiar because she couldn't give a shit less about <laughs> witchcraft, you know? She doesn't take part in my practice. I'm sitting here recording right now. She came in the room, looked at me, and was like, bye, mom. I'm going to go do something more interesting than this. So, um, yeah, I don't ever work with them. I have had a bit of a draw towards snakes recently, which is so weird because for the literally years and years and years of my life, I was terrified of them. I was so scared. I'm, I would just see a picture like, you know, oh, rest his soul, the crocodile hunter on TV. And I would see a snake lunge at him or have its mouth open. I would have to look away. Like I would start to get nauseous and like sweat and, get, and cry and get really upset. But in the past couple of months, I feel like I should start to work with snakes. I don't know where it's come from. I, I don't know. But I will say I've never been afraid of other animals or like bugs or insects. It was just snakes that I feared for some reason. But like I see, a, you know, I'm from Louisiana. If I see a critter, if I see a roach or a, I was about to say a wombat. That's not an insect. <laughs> if I see a roach or a spider or a lizard or a centipede, whatever, they, they don't affect me. I'm just like, okay, go along your way. If I see a mosquito, I will try to kill it because they will suck the life out of me. And it's very rude. And I don't want West Nile. But yeah, anything else, I've never been afraid of them. I've always just been like, you're chilling. You do you, I'll do me. Nothing to worry about. But I think that's like a witch kid thing. And then a witch thing is like our very easy and natural connection to animals in nature. And I am obsessed with animals. I will say that. Um, if I hold a kitten or a puppy, I will just burst into tears because my connection to them is so strong. <laughs> Listen, I I think babies are really cute. I know I'm like not like the biggest kid person, but I think babies are super cute. I love them. They smell so good. I want to give them hugs and kisses. But if I pick up a baby animal, I will be destroyed. I can't handle it. So I do have a very con strong connection to animals. Um, I just adore them. Honestly, my like long-term plan is once I'm done with the influencer thing is to like save up all my pennies and buy a farm and just take care of animals and rescue them and have peace in my life finally. But I know I don't work with any specific animals or energies, but the snake thing has started, has started to like rear its head. So if anyone does have advice for me on working with snakes, I would love to hear more about it. Um, what's next? Okay. We only have two more. What were the, 
what were the first book or books that informed and shaped your path? So I'm a bad witch, as you know, so I'm not very <laughs> versed on reading anything. Uh, I am a lot like self-taught, like I've told y'all, a lot like mentor taught, as I've told y'all. Um, so the only book that, I only have two witch books. I'm going to tell you the title again, because I know some of you, this may be like your first episode, your first couple of episodes. Sorry, I'm talking, facing away, because I'm trying to reach for them. So the first witch book I ever got that shaped me as a witch, The Modern Witch's Spellbook by Sarah Lyndon Morrison. It's the one that I described again in the St. Agnes episode. Black book, big purple splotch on the front. Uh, looks like it is straight out of the 1960s and 70s. But when I was 10, 11, and I figured out I was a witch and I saw Rochelle and I was like, yes, yes, yes. Can't wait. Give me some more. I went and I picked up this book from Barnes & Noble. <laughs> and there is another one. Before I committed to buying this book, there were a few just in like their, what do they even call that section? A cult? Uh, I don't know. Spirituality, I think now they just call it that. I didn't even go to the proper witch door because again, I'm a bad witch. I went to Barnes Noble, but they had a section where I could at least sink my teeth into a few things. And I would use it like the library. I would pick up books and I would copy down spells, like literally copy them into my like Lisa Frank notebook or whatever at the time. And that was me starting to try it out. I remember the first time. Have I told you all this? Sorry if I'm repeating myself a ton. The first time I ever did a spell, it was the one that I told you all in like the love episode, Venus answer my plea, bring so-and-so where I plan to be. And when we finally talk and share, let your magic fill the air. I wrote that down in 1997 and with my terrible memory in 2020, I can still just recite it. It has never left me. And the first time I ever did a spell was that spell about this boy I had a crush on named Eric in the fifth grade and we were sitting on the basketball court where we'd have to line up in the morning before our teacher came to get us to bring us into the classroom and I looked at him and I said my spell and I just for maybe that one day only because I didn't really know what I was doing as a baby witch he I remember that whole day he just stared at me he maybe that was when I realized I was a witch <laughs> maybe it wasn't my 30s like I said but I remember everything I said everything that I did every like you know just talking amongst children he could not take his eyes off of me and so, yeah, I got it from some little witch book. I can't remember what that one was called because it's not this one. But once I saw that that spell worked, the one that I had just copied out of the book blatantly, I went and got the modern witch's spell book. So it's that one. And then the other one I have is The Wicca Bible by Anne-Marie Gallagher, The Definitive Guide to Magic and the Craft. I got this one when I was 30, when I got back into my witchcraft, you know, the story by now. And even though I am not Wicca, I do not consider myself to be Wiccan, it has a lot of great resources it I mean like I you know I love a textbook I can't help it I'm a nerd so it's I love the way that it's broken down it has an index it has a glossary so you can get right to what you want it has a lot of definitions it's everything your girl needs so that's why I got this one because I really just needed a like witchcraft 101 book so I consider this one a really good one and you don't have to consider yourself Wiccan either to uh use it because obviously I don't but it is a good starting off point. And there's a lot of pictures and there's a lot of, it's just really easy to digest content. I'm the kind of person where if I'm not reading a fiction book, if I'm reading just a guidebook, instructional, you know, trying to better myself and learn more about something, it helps a lot to have visuals because I'm a very visual, I learn through visuals. And if it's just words, I will be, I'll be one of those people that has to read the page like six times. And I'm like, shit, I've been reading this page. I've read it six times and I still don't know what it says. You know what I mean? I'm a very like textbooks work for me. I like visuals. I like, you know, broken down concepts. It just works better for my brain. So I process it better. Um, okay. So those are my two books, but I will say we have so many literary reading witches in the group. 
if you are looking for that, just type in book and like the search. And I promise you, you will find at least 15 threads on it. And there are some good recommendations. Um, shoot, you know, honestly, I should have copied some, but I know there was a, a really good, <clears throat> excuse me, green witch or green witchcraft practice book that kept popping up for a couple of months. I think it had just come out maybe, or it was having like kind of a resurgence, but yeah, search the group. There are so many in there. I am not only a bad witch, but I'm a bad English degree holder because I can't name <laughs> any really because I just didn't learn that way. Okay, so last question. And I think this is a great one to end on. Are you open with your family about being a witch? And if so, what do they think or say? I am. Yeah, I, like I said before, I live my life loud and in color. <laughs> there are no secrets. Uh, and they don't really think anything about it. I mean... A lot of my family are witches, but they're in denial about it, like I've told y'all. And so I think maybe that's why I haven't had any pushback, because part of them is like, yeah, yeah, I get it. <laughs> and maybe they just don't want to embrace it, or they never will. And that's totally fine. That's their decision, not my decision. Um, you know, so, but my family, like my mom's side of the family, that really is the only family I have. They are, well, not the my generation or the one right above, but the ones above that, uh, staunch Catholics, as I've shared. And so I wouldn't have a problem talking about it with like my grandma, but it just never really comes up. But you know, if she were to say, Oh, you know, your mom told me you had a podcast. What's it about? I'd be like, Oh, it's about witchcraft. <laughs> you know? Or like the, the episode I did where I told y'all kind of about like the country remedies that she told me. I was like, Mama, you know, this kind of sounds like witchcraft. Like, I'm going to talk about my podcast. So I think even in passing, I've said it. But yeah, I I share it with anyone. Even in my, like, my dating profiles on Tinder or whatever, it says like a little witchy. Now, I don't put the podcast in there because I don't put my social media and I don't put my podcast because obviously I have like some of it a big platform. So I don't want people just like in my business if they turn out to be people with not the best intentions. But yeah, even right there, I say a little witchy. Or I say, I'm a witch. Or I say, like, uh, you know, uh, don't try to give me any BS because I'll be able to figure it out because I'm a witch. You know what I mean? Just, like, any kind. It's smoother. It's written better than that in my profile. But, yeah, just anything like that that um, lets people know. I I don't think people that are in the broom closet are ashamed of it. I don't think that's why they're in the broom closet. I think it's because of their situation. It's because the people that are around them, it's maybe people that are taking care of them or people that they can't let go of for X, Y, Z reason. But if you do feel ashamed of it, don't, there's nothing to be ashamed of. It's who you are. As we've said a million times, of course, there's people out there that make the decision to be a witch, but I feel like most witches are natural born witches. And to be ashamed of being a witch would be like being ashamed of your sexuality. It would be like being ashamed of your race. It would be like being ashamed of your gender or your gender identity rather. It would be, you know, to be ashamed of your natural hair color, or eye color. It is all something that is intrinsic to who we are. And so if you are in the broom closet, I hope it's not because you feel ashamed. You should not feel ashamed. If anything, you should feel like you are a celebration of a human being because we are so special to have this gift and these gifts and the ways that they all show up for all different ones of us. Like, God, that is the, it's immense. It is such an immensely cool and special thing about us. And so I hope that if you don't feel like you can be open about it, that you're not ashamed that you are a witch. And I hope that you're not ashamed that you can't be open about it because not everyone can be. And that we, people like me who are open, we understand that you can't be, you know, but yeah, I'm very open about it. <laughs> everyone knows. And, but, but at the same time, let me say it like this. I am also bisexual, right? Well, I don't know if that's true. I've kind of been thinking about it. And 
I don't know if that's the right word. I just consider myself to be queer, but it's not something that I talk about all the time. You know, it's just, why would I talk about my sexuality all the time? Why would I talk about being a witch all the time? You know what I mean? So it's not like I have to wear a shirt that says, I'm a witch. I am queer across <laughs> it. It's just that that's a part of me. And so I don't feel like I have to hide it. So I don't hide it from anyone. But at the same time, it's not, I don't think either of those things are the most important part about me. I think they make me a well-rounded human being. And so when it comes up or people ask, I have no problem saying it, but I don't also wear it as like, a, uh, and I like the identity, you know what I mean? Um, and also if you just don't want to tell people cause it's not their business, it's not their business. And <laughs> so you don't have to tell them you mind the business that minds you. If it's not someone else's business, what you practice and what you believe and who you are, then, you know, you don't have to tell them. It is totally your decision to come out of the broom closet or to, and to be open about or to be open about being a witch. That is your decision. And no one should force you to do anything that you aren't comfortable with. For me, I have the privilege to be in a situation where I can be as open as I want about it because that is what I choose to do. In the same situation that I'm in with the privilege that I have. I could still choose to keep it to myself and that's perfectly okay too. But yeah, for me, um, I'm open. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a wide open book. <laughs> yeah. And again, I know I started this off saying I can be a very private person and that's true. Um, but that comes more to like my personal life, like my dating life and, uh, my family and, you know, just keeping things intimate that needs to be intimate. But, uh, Yeah. I like, I, I think that just for my personality, it works to live my life out loud. So I can't hide anything about, or not hide. That's that, you know, that makes it sound bad, but keep anything to myself because, you know, I, I just like to put it all on the table. And if you can accept that, then great. Welcome to my life. And if you can't, then all right, uh, best of luck to you. A uh, person that doesn't accept other people, I guess, you know, that won't work for me. But again, everyone's situation is different. So yeah, if you can't be totally out about it, that's okay. You're not doing anything wrong, I promise. You're not doing anything wrong by being a witch, and you're not doing anything wrong by keeping it to yourself, and you're not doing anything wrong by staying in the broom closet if that's your situation and protecting yourself. And on the other hand, you're not doing anything wrong if you're being loud as hell about it like I am. I mean, at this point, a witch podcast, I don't think I can keep it a secret anymore if I wanted to. So, yeah, that was our last question. Thank you all so much for the questions. I really, really enjoyed doing that. And, um, you know, maybe for our two year anniversary, uh, episode, we could do some more, but, um, we're going to wrap it up there. I want to remind all of you that I can now take voice notes because I am on anchor. So if you have something you want to share, if you had a spell that went really well this week, if you had, a a manifestation that finally came to fruition. If you got a really new, new, cool new candle that you want to tell us about, if you have found that these crystals in this position make this thing happen, please start sending in voice notes. Also, as I'm saying that, I have to remind myself, I have to get like the way that you can send them to me. Also remind me of doing that. Look, <laughs> y'all, y'all aren't just the baddies in the coven. Y'all are also like my wranglers at this point. So remind me to do the threads I talked about. And remind me to set up so we can send in voice notes because I would love to start having your voice on here as well as mine. And also, if you are interested in um, coming on to an episode, just send me a DM. I'm, I'm going to be slow to respond. Y'all know I have a lot going on. Oh, I don't know. Try to send an email. It's just it's just so backed up, y'all. I'm stressed. Um, but yeah, if I don't want to make it sound like, oh, you have to send me a pitch and tell me why I should have you on nothing like that. But just be like, hey, this is a thing I'm really super versed in, so I'd love to come on and talk about it. 
because, you know, like shadow work. I don't know anything about that. So I would love to have someone that could talk about it. Um, you know, astrology, um, natal charts, uh, the Akashic record. That's something I've been meaning to look into. Just whatever it may be. I had to go check on Pup. I think she's ready for me to be done recording. And fair enough. I think I can be done for this week too. So I love you all. Um, you know, badwitchpodcast at gmail.com or DM me. You might get a quicker response from there, honestly. I've been on Facebook a little bit more because people have been sending me so many like, well, wish, uh, is well wishes the right word? Like um, good vibes and just a lot of support. So I, I have been, you know, on there a bit more than I normally am. Uh, what else? Teespring, if you want to get your baddie merch, which I am so excited that y'all are still digging since it's been up. Um, patreon.com slash bad witch. One of these days I will actually read you all of the levels and stop being like, just go look. <laughs> and Facebook group, the answer is the craft. If you would like to join and if you can't remember the craft, even though I know I just said it, movies are just not your thing. Just let me know how you uh, got here and who I am and something you know about this podcast. Just, you know, as long as I know you listen, you're all good to go. Okay, babies. I love you. You deserve good. I'm proud of all of you. I truly think we're all like little bright lights in this world. And if we put all of our light and our magic together, we can really affect some good stuff. And I think the world needs some good stuff right now. So I hope you all have a wonderful week. Pup is on one, so I have to go. Okay, I love you, blessed be, and until next week, goodbye.